Hello. This is Barbara and Vera, and we are getting ready to do this book. We're realizing that we may or may not be able to say some of the words that a book that has the word Booty in the title requires of us. So we were wondering if our listeners could do us a favor of recording themselves saying um, their favorite or maybe the most disgusting words they can think of for very <laughs> sexual acts, body parts, things that you would do, things that we might have to talk about, but just yeah. we're not sure we can say those words in front of each other. And we will edit that into our podcast so you'll get to hear yourself saying just the most disgusting words. Or the most delightful words. Right, exactly, yeah. So that we don't have to. Yes. Yeah. We'll give you information on how to do that below, right? Is that something like that? Leave yeah. it in the comments below. Yeah. Thanks. We, re we really appreciate this. Thanks God a lot. Bless. Okay. Daddy lady. Welcome to Daddy Ladies. Hi, Barbara Ann. Hi, Vera Elizabeth. We were sitting in your car on a street. I feel like I'm talking to Bane. That sounds like a comic book. It is a comic book. Tell me more. That's all I know. He wears a face mask. Except I think he talks like this. Huh. <laughs> Where do I research this? It's on a Batman. Okay. Does does Bane also drive a minivan? <laughs> yeah. We have an epic episode worth the wait. It's worth two or three waits. Why is that? I think this is going to be a three-parter. Yeah. We decided, you know what? We were sitting outside. We were talking about this book and we went, why constrain ourselves to... Sorry, you know, someone's breaking into my house right now. And... <laughs> Why constrain ourselves to a mere half hour? Let's just chat and chat and chat and ch I mean, it's like, I don't have to edit this. <laughs> let's just have a, let's make a day of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what we got. We got like two hours of really high quality material. Yeah. Um, the book is All the Fucking Mistakes by Gigi Engel. Do you have any twin sites? I don't have any like play on words to report. Mm. Do you have any twin sites? I have a pre-twin site. What do you call that? Print uh, pre, uh, twin. <laughs> twin. Good. Okay. So we do have a play on words. All right. Continue. Mm. In the last episode, I described the three things that I that I'm wish wish listing in my vision board for my manifestation partner or womanfestation. Exactly. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> Another one. There's actually four, and one of them was kind of a superficial one that, you know, kind of throw in there and like, uh, this will be a challenge. And I didn't include it because I was, I don't know why, because it seemed fluffy. Mm -hmm. It was that whoever this person is, I would really know it was the right person when they can give me access to this part of the valley that I've been obsessing over. Yeah, what is that? I don't know if I should say. But it's this part of the valley that that very few people have access to. And today, I had a little bit of free time, and I figured out myself how to get to this part. What are you talking about? Access <laughs> to the what? There's this really special part of the valley. The San Fernando Valley? Yes. This is... is I, don't, a, I don't want to say it right now. Is it now. above ground? Yes. What? A, can you just say? Because now I want to know what it is. Do you really want me to say it? I do. In real life or on... <laughs> it's the actual fabled Toluca Lake. What? There's an actual lake. No, there's not. There f is. There's not. There is. What? And I saw it today. Where is it? It's in Toluca Lake. But we grew up in Toluca Lake. 
adjacent a lake adjacent <laughs> yes they hide it from you what the unless you live heck? there and i've been having these dreams of going and swimming in toluca lake because i love lakes mm-hmm. and today i thought i'm gonna go find that lake and i'm gonna see that lake and i figured out a way to find that lake and see that lake and sit by that lake well so I don't I don't know what this means because I think it means whoever is coming into your life they can't even woo you with a lake at this point <laughs> they need to bring more than a lake you know what I'm saying they need to bring the other three things that are actually kind of yeah like meaningful and yeah necessary wow beautiful thank you I just I just uh, BB fested that today okay. Barbara, yeah. We got a couple of things to say about the upcoming episode because we cover a lot of topics and some of them are a little trigger warning. Yes. We mentioned the words R-A-P-E yeah. and A-S-S-A-U-L-T. Yes. And we talk a little bit about those two things. So please be warned. Yes. We do describe a couple scenarios uh, that we laugh at, but it's because we're horrified. It's not a happy laughter. It's... Hey, you know what? I want to point out something. What? Uh, you're going to be talking a little bit later about uh, somebody who performs a visual assault on you. <laughs> yes. That it, it was on this very street that we're recording on right oh now. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, with that, welcome to part one of... Are you seeing Dady Ladies? I don't know. <laughs> All the fucking mistakes on Dady Ladies. Gong. Get the energy up. Hey, Vera Elizabeth. Hi, Barbara Ann. Welcome to my backyard. Uh, this is my backyard. We're twins. So, so this is your backyard. It is. It's our backyard. It's our. Welcome to our together we've been we've been welcome to our together welcome Welcome to to our our backyard backyard. we spoiled ourselves these last couple weeks by strolling around the huntington gardens and and botanical library Mm -hmm. and um we shot our little video asking for filthy words from you there last week filthy words which we're going to be cutting into this episode Mm -hmm. and uh this week we couldn't give up the chance to stroll again you can't just sit on the phone after that and talk no do your podcast so we're in we're in my backyard we were strolling with masks on, though, you know? We were being safe. And oh, right, yeah. And now we're sitting six feet across from each other. We're not wearing masks though, right now. All of my coronavirus is going straight onto my microphone. That spongy thing is getting bigger it is. the more you talk. <laughs> yeah, mine is red. It looks it, it looks like a coronavirus. <laughs> what book are we reviewing? <laughs> we're reviewing a book called All the Fucking Mistakes. A Guide to Love, Sex, and Life. It's by Gigi um, Allen. Is she? Is this one of the Poobel twins? There's Bibi Poobel, Fifi Poobel, and Gigi Engel. She actually does kind of uh, embrace the same philosophy, which is present something like it's something filthy and... Listed, titillating. And titillating, but actually have really strong, unsexy, but very important <laughs> information. What's it, what, how's this broken down? It is broken... Well, my beautiful pink... Post-its? No. Oh. <laughs> 
I just want to say it's a very beautiful pink hardcover book. The front has a design that I'm just now realizing probably looks like a lady's wing. You know, George O'Keefe style, though. Mm-hmm. It's there's chapters. There's there's a part one. The boner the Wilter. Bo- <laughs> part one is the boner Wilter. Part one is hey, you know how we had the word effing right on the title? Why don't you go ahead and set that aside because we're gonna uh, melt that boner right now. It turns out the F word is feminism. Part one. <laughs> Stigma is silly AF, which I have come to understand means. Don't do it. As fudge. Don't do it. What? <laughs> You're not that old. <laughs> did you do some research? I did some research. She, I'm going to say right off the bat, because, okay, we are solidly Gen X. This book is written solidly millennial slash Gen Z. And it did take me a second. Not because I don't, I know all these terms, but I'm just saying I had to get over that. Did you have to get over it at all? No. I'm not saying it was a problem at all. I'm just saying that's the language that she uses. Look, she's getting across some sometimes very difficult to express ideas. She buttons up her paragraphs with... With a hashtag goals and a, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, she makes it accessible. She does, yeah. She speaks to all, all generations. Okay, uh, part two, living your sexy as fudge life. By the way, I can say, we can say fuck, right? We, we have been saying fuck. Oh, you're right. Okay, part three, let me save you the trouble finding the love you deserve. So those are three distinct sections, and there are 16 chapters, and we read the entire thing. Right, Barbara? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> have I ever read an entire thing? No, that's your job. That is my job. I, I did read the entire thing. You all, you're so good at that. Yeah, um, and then last night I even did my post-it deal where I just... They look good. Thank you. That's so funny that the first section is stigma is silly as fuck. Mm-hmm. That is such a dressing up of a chapter that is really just straight up about feminism. The stigma is that if you are an asshole to a woman, <laughs> you sh- you are your garbage. Your garbage. Let's just jump right into it because I, it. I I turned to my first post-it and there's a in the first chapter. Oh look, since I live in Burbank, under the flight path, you can hear that plane. I can. I hope everyone can hear it. That's probably going to happen a lot. All right, first chapter, sexual empowerment in a world that isn't into it. Here's a little header of paragraph. The power struggle and why it makes so many dicks soft. I love that language. I really do. Some stuff I underlined. Here's something you need to get about feminism. Something you need to drill into your mind. We don't want to take power away from men so we can have it and collect it into our shrew caves along with all the many stolen children and cats. The only time we want power taken away from men is when it is holding us down. It's like, dudes, we're not against you. We just don't like the boot on the neck. Yeah. The, additionally, the idea that we want rights for all women is scary as fuck because the idea of women having equal rights feels like fewer rights for men. That is what fucking privilege does to people. Someone gaining the same rights you have feels personally oppressive. I don't think we're going to get very much into any BLM stuff today. It's no. it's outside the scope of this, but all of this stuff applies to people of color. So in the back of my mind, it's been very hard, or in the front of my mind, actually, it's been difficult for me to separate this stuff out. My emotional reactions to reading much of what she's written is very much tied to what I'm experiencing every day as I'm educating myself and staying focused on what's happening around us. And the chapter after that, uh, which is called There's No Wrong Way to Self-Explore, she goes into a lot of interviews with different types of people, like people of color and different sexualities, and has a ton of research into seeing different perspectives. It's like one of her most researched chapters. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about some other things in this book? That's just, I'm just letting you know that's the way we start the book. Yeah, you know, obviously I don't want to um, make any dicks soft. No, but we, this is not a podcast about softening of uh, softening of dicks, okay? But I would like to mention to our male readers, well, hmm. readers, writers, our male listeners, listeners 
Well, they are readers because they're reading all every single book. Yes, that we that's right. Is <laughs> supporting local indie bookstores. <laughs> Though this is clearly a book for women. You know what I've come to realize is that speaking of millennials, here's something really special about millennials. Something that that's come up, I think maybe because I have kids or some some I don't know, is abuse that's happened to them in the past. I don't know. It's just it's come up enough times that I'm seeing this as. But like in casual conversation. It's not casual, but it's like. Barbara, you, I, I know. aside from living underneath the Burbank flight path, you also live underneath the Burbank police path. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember growing up in the 80s and 90s and things like rape and assault? You know, there were like after school special kind of information, uh-huh. but it was never, ever addressed in ways that were that you could relate to. On yeah. Any level. Or even be able to identify stuff that had happened to you as a child as falling into those categories. Yeah. It, it was just like wasn't talked about. It was like you're watching you were watching somebody else's story and mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, that's terrible. And it just had zero. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if you did have anything happen to you, you had no one to tell. No one would believe you and you'd push it deep down. Mm-hmm. I was watching um, Star Trek Next Generation recently. Mm-hmm. The character Tasha Yar, she has this flashback and she's like hiding in a cave or something and she's like half dressed. And she had a dream and she was back in this place or her, her homeland and she was hiding from the rape gang. And then it was like it was her. And then it was like showed like in silhouette like these panting men in a group and then like the rape gang ran away and that really stood out to me like the casualness that you would mention a rape gang I had to look it up to get some facts and there's like a whole reddit thread on exactly that like just how fucking casual describing rape was and I guess she describes a rape gang a lot but that's what rape was like if if you saw it on television it wasn't a real thing that happened to real women it was like this organized band of panting shadowy fellers that that, that didn't have like there was no emotional it's like you were just raped like I remember asking my mom as a kid like why is rape so bad if sex is supposed to be good why is rape bad Mm -hmm. and that's basically that sums up like your whole education on rape and sexual assault as a kid but let me get back to the millennials Mm -hmm. Younger people I talk to, it comes up easily, a lot more easily, that if trauma has happened, people have um, ways of identifying this stuff and talking about it without that kind of shame. Yeah. And without that, like, it's a real thing that can be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's like, you know, the internet and realizing that there's shared experiences out there. What do you think? Yeah. I uh, I have a millennial coworker, and we will sit, like, if we have a little bit of quiet time, for example, like, if we have a few minutes where we don't need to work, we'll, like, sit there and just talk about, like, the different um, medication that we've tried to keep our depression and anxiety in check. Mm-hmm. And there, I don't have people my age that will do that. Like, especially, we're not casual coworkers. We've been working together for a while, so we have a, you know, like, a comfortableness together. But, like, we're comfortable discussing that and the side effects and if it works and other stuff we've tried. That's that generation. That's 20s. For me, at least, that's in my experience. Like, we can talk about that stuff. I I don't think I've ever had a conversation with somebody my own age that I wasn't very close to where we would just like discuss Wellbutrin or, you know, hey, did Prozac work for you? Yeah. And it's and I don't I don't feel shame or embarrassment. And he doesn't either, like because we're just talking about it. I love it. Yeah, I agree. So I guess a section of a book called Stigma is Silly as Fuck that is actually about. Well, I'm thinking like as you're saying that, like the rest of this book could not exist if we didn't lay the ground rules that stigma is silly as fuck. That is, there is a very good reason why the first chapter is called that. Because if, we, yeah. if we're not on, all on board with that concept, we're not going to be able to get through the rest of the book. Uh, another thing I just want to jump back to is that this book is for women. 
but because of these people who are more open, these younger people more open talking to me about their experiences and just because I've been around for so long and like totally old, mm-hmm. like I've heard enough stories that are just as horrific, you know, regarding experiences that men have had as children and yeah. rape and sexual assault and all manner of really inventive, awful things that, you know, have happened to men I've known as children and so I think I think is a good book for men and women. Um, there's there's probably a more specific book for men out there. If there's not, I would recommend this for men as well. These are shared experiences, and they don't just happen to women. But for for anyone who doesn't understand what it's like to have that kind of uh, power taken away from you at a young age, there's some really great descriptions of what it's like to be a woman. And for people who don't understand, like just how, let's see, let me try and find a quote. On page four, it says. We're constantly subjected to harassment, threats, and emotional distress, and empowerment is an antidote to the misogyny you've experienced for your entire life, some of which you probably aren't even aware of. It's true. Women are subjected to this stuff. You're raised to understand that your life, that your body and your life are not wholly under your control. You have a story about being a kid and getting catcalls, right? (laughs) I do have a story. She has a chapter, chapter four, Stop Taking Other People's Shit, where she talks about sexual harassment, like in the workplace and stuff like that. And it reminded me of um, when you and I would walk home from school. This does not seem to happen as much, but we would pass construction sites. And we always, I always knew that we were going to get catcalled, no matter what. It would be like a, hey, mama. Like other things. Do you remember any other things that we would hear? Nice legs. Or- yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. You're so beautiful. And usually, you know, you and me and our friends would just sort of scuttle by. But sometimes I would get pissed. And one time I distinctly remember screaming back, I'm only 12 years old. And the reason I said that was because I was only 12 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking weird, right? That's seventh grade. Seventh grade. I'm getting... I mean, I, I, I was very hot, you know? Oh, yeah. I was, like, five feet tall. I had, like, puffy paint T-shirts. Like, my hair was, like, you know, the half of it was pulled up in the little ponytail. What'd you call that? What would you call that? A half pony. Half pony. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's like I was irresistible. Let me tell you something that it, it took me many years to understand, but it, it says it very clearly in this book that none of that is done... <laughs> To make you feel good about yourself what? or what? because you're sexually attractive. It is to take power from you. No way. Yeah. I thought they really liked me. So these motherfuckers <laughs> up on the scaffolding, they're like, I see a 12-year-old girl. She might have a better future than me. Uh, she might be a CEO. I better make her feel like shit right now. So maybe I can knock it down a peg and she never... Uh... Hey, I'm a grown man. Why don't I pick on, very inappropriately this child because then I'm going to feel like I got some power over her. Yeah. And she might be scared because I'm giving kissy noises to her. I'm 27 years old. She's 12. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what? You know why I could do this? Because no one will say anything because there's no fucking repercussions for this. In fact, when I start my kissy noises, the other dude over there, Johnny, he's going to he's going to one up me with, hey, sexy. And then Robert over there is going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me in on this action. Come sit on my lap. 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 Yes. Come sit on my dinner table so I can uh, feed you some veal. I don't know. I don't know either. I got a story. Let's hear about it. Someone. So she she's describing the situation in this um, in this elevator, and she's got a whole section on how to jump in if you see harassment helping, and mm-hmm. it's very practical advice, and I love it. Yeah. And 
by the way, this is going to be an episode that's mostly, I think, our stories. We we recommend this book. We'll come out and say that now. Yeah, we recommend it. So you read the book for the specifics, but here's our stories about it. Um, yeah. So she's got all these advice on how and when to jump in, when you shouldn't jump in, you know, how to protect other women. And men can also use this advice. She said, like, you can't respond. Or, or you know, like, there certain responses will only give them that power that they're seeking. Yeah. And I thought of uh, a couple of years ago, I was um, out with our mutual friend, Ashley. Mm-hmm. And we were um, we went to a wine bar in our neighborhood, and we walked home. You know, it was like closing time. It was like two o'clock in the morning. And we were walking home, and as we we're walking up to my down my street up to my door, I realized that a, a van that had driven by us. You know, was it a white van? Probably. Is that is that the kind? Is <laughs> the that the only of kind the, of van? <laughs> was the soul of the van white? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> It drove past us and then like was kind of stopped. You know, I was having a really great conversation with her and I had it vaguely in my, you know, periphery. Uh, as we got closer, I realized that it was stopped and running. And then I like, kind of realized that there was a guy outside the van. Outside? Outside the van. The, the, the side door was open. And this guy was like, at first I thought he was like rooting for something. Like he was standing outside and like maybe trying to get something out of the van. Mm-hmm. But what he was doing was standing there facing the van, jacking off. Wait, he was looking at the van and jacking off? Like, like the Jan like he, was like so like sexy that he just couldn't help himself? Well, no, he's actually looking at us. Oh. <laughs> I think what it was, was he's a big piece of chicken <laughs> shit and he was ready to hop right back in that van if there was any reason he should. But, you know, he's like, well, what reason would that be? <laughs> But he's so he's around the other side. Like I forgot, I left the burner on. Right. (laughs) So he's he's far enough away that he can't get to the driver's side easily. I see. So he's just standing out there, like just going nuts, like (laughs) and kind of looking at us. And Ashley doesn't realize what's happening. Uh I realize what's happening because his arm is going like a million in his butt. Like I think he's humping the van. I don't know, but he's parked like pretty close to my front door, you know. Mm -hmm. But we had to pass him, and then we get to my front door, and I thought, um. I'm going to just stay outside and talk to her because she has no idea what's going on. He hasn't moved. I mean, he's moved. He's moving <laughs> curiously, but he's, I'm just going to see what happens because we're so close to my front door. Uh-huh. He's, he doesn't have pants on. Like what the fuck what? is he going to do? He's standing there with no pants. Yeah. So that is commitment. <laughs> I know. This guy is not well, half-assing you know, anything. The alternative was to stand there with pants around his ankles. And then if you had to make a fast getaway, it would take even longer. Smart. So he's there with no pants on. Like seriously, if we just stand here and talk for a little bit longer, <laughs> I just was curious. <laughs> So we stood outside and talked for like 15 minutes. Oh my God. And, but Ashley had no idea. And he kept it going. And he was like kind of looking over. I wasn't, I never made Was a- this um, a spaghetti Western jerk off? Yes. Without the, without the close-ups on our eyes because we never made eye contact. <laughs> okay. The camera did not zoom into our eyes because okay. I could not let him know that I saw him. Right. Because that would give him power. Uh-huh. So I just stood outside and like casually like, ha- like talked to her, like laughed and like, you know, just like had a real animated conversation. So basically, you guys were playing chicken. We were playing chicken, mm-hmm. and the motherfucker got his van first. Ah! Uh. So I won. <laughs> it took forever. <laughs> as soon as he drove away, I was like, "Ah, oh, hey, Ashley." <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, <laughs> what did you win besides this delightful tale? You know what? I hope I won him thinking twice before he tries to. Because I'll be honest, it shook me. I'm sure it did. So it was not pleasant. I talked about yeah. it with my therapist the next week, yeah. and I was furious. But I hope maybe it prevented him from trying it again, you know? He did not get what he wanted, and he looked like a... I mean, you look like an asshole if you're jerking off in public. Yes. Uh, you just 
do. No questions on that one. But if it also doesn't scare anybody, you know, I don't know. Maybe he will think twice. Hey, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think the the reaction he probably wanted was for you to probably get angry, yell, you know, like, I'm going to call the cops. Like, he wanted to get a rise out of you. Yeah. And you didn't give it to him. Yeah. And then he just had to keep going. You know, I'm sure there was, like, smoke coming off of his hand at that point. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Maybe it was dangerous is the only thing I'm going to say. I know. Because that guy was a fucking... You got to be kind of crazy to do that. But... I know. Well... No, I mean... I probably wouldn't do it again. They do want a specific reaction. They want to take your power away from you. And they want to see you scared. And to not have that reaction is good. Yeah. Hey, uh, so also in that chapter, there's something I... That kind of goes back to something you are saying earlier. Because this book is, like, unabashedly, it's for women. There's so much good information in here, though. I kind of wish dudes would read it. All our listeners are going to read it. That's Well, they already have read it. That's right. This is in that Stop Taking Other People's Shit, same chapter, uh, page 91. Toxic masculinity places unreasonable standards on young boys and men, and these standards affect their relationships with women. When you tell a young boy not to cry, he begins to associate emotionality with femininity. I and most of the women I know have been called crazy or something like it by men who don't know how to recognize healthy emotional expression when they see it. Again, I've talked about this before. I encourage my son to cry. I hope men know that they can cry. I would like them to read this book just for that paragraph. I, I think it's really important that me, that this gets reiterated again and again for men. Like, you're allowed to cry. I, in fact, when I think about being single and I come up with my list, you know, like you're told, you know, you got to write this stuff. you got to have a vision board. Right. Well, the vision board in my mind, if I were to just write down like a couple things about the partner I'm looking for, it, one of them is you have to be able to cry. Yeah. That's a deal breaker if you cannot. Otherwise, you're keeping all your stress inside of your body, and that is unhealthy. Hey, you know something that I've only started doing in the last year, which is a huge step for me, is admitting when I have PMDD, which is, uh, for those who don't know, it's like PMDD is like PMS, but 10 times worse. One week every month, I feel like my world is falling apart, and I used to pretend that it wasn't happening, and now I go, hey, I'm really sorry I snapped at you. I'm having this right now, because that's a part of my life, and it has been for 30 years, and I can't pretend that my life doesn't feel like it's falling apart once a month. It feels very real, right? Uh, yeah, it does. Can you imagine once every month you feeling absolutely terrible and then you have to convince yourself or remember that it's just your body doing horrible things to you? In the name of good things. Right. I think men have PMS too. That's you do? I do. I don't know if it's uh, biorhythms or just simply h- how close the moon is to <laughs> in affecting your the water in your body, which I think is kind of biorhythms. But yeah, w- we can research that more. Okay. I'll do that a little bit later. Hey, um, how many hours have we done so far? 40. Okay. Um, speaking of young people, she, she has a little section on... Um, is that the police ice cream truck that I'm hearing right now? Yeah, I'm in, the, in an ice cream zone path. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right underneath it. A couple other things in the first section. She did extensive research on the pool that is worth reading about. What um, page are you looking at? 35. That's valuable information for women and men who sleep with women that I didn't know that, uh, but makes sense that the part that we see is just the... Just the tip. Just the tip. And it needs stimulation to produce female. So I remember having a friend in high school who was like, yeah, I can just drill. No. No, I think she probably could have. 
Well, then her anatomy, I mean, some, some it's women, possible. it is, it is. Yeah. So this makes sense. You can access it inside or outside, but that was the first friend I'd ever talked to who had sex. And then when I started having sex, I was like, it's never like that for me. I guess there's something wrong with me. That information was only discovered in 1998 because <laughs> there's not much information out there about female bodies. Well, I mean, think about think about the diagrams, like when you're diagramming in sex ed or whatever health class, like you're diagramming the human body. I bet you could locate, for example, <laughs> the testicles, right? You've seen that. Uh-huh. You've seen the wiener. Yeah. Uh, you probably know how they hook up, kind of, yeah. right? So, And you know... Wait, the wiener and the testicles? Yeah, because the stuff comes out of the... They're only separated by your butt, right? <laughs> Barbara, can you describe where the <laughs> testicles are located on the human male? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me just get... Testicles are that, like, feature in BuzzFeed where it's, like, top 10 ways you know that you're... Exactly. Um, 90s. Uh, <laughs> we leave junior high school understanding uh, what happens when a dude has an orgasm. We know what happens. Sperm comes out of the wiener. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is the equivalent for females? We know there's a uterus. A we baby know. comes out of the uterus. We know... <laughs> That's sex ed. Right. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry, I stand corrected. <laughs> as long as we understand that something comes out of something. Yeah. We know that there's a uterus. We know there are ovaries. We know there's a pussy. And mm-hmm. a baby comes out of it. And that is the end. That's all we know about sexuality yeah. for women. La praline. It's never mentioned. Certainly not the function of it. Why? Shouldn't that be mentioned? Oh, because as she makes the point, you have to mention pleasure female pleasure which just doesn't doesn't come up okay well if that's the case then i think the caveat to discussing male ejaculation has to be that it's very painful (laughs) okay and now both of you go off and do your research okay (laughs) i just you know women can't easily see their anatomy i think there really needs to be a little more time spent on that because you can kind of get the gist of what's happening in a dude's underwear from diagrams you cannot from women's i'm sorry can i tell an embarrassing story yeah this is truly embarrassing because i feel very silly i think it was in my 30s before i understood where my urethral opening was i didn't quite know until i had had to get a catheter inserted to get a clean peepee specimen mm-hmm. and i just i guess i had never thought about where it was well, hold on. did they ask you to do the catheter on yourself no but i <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a diy <laughs> So you get home and you're like, shit. I don't have, I know we have some listeners in Iceland, in India, all around the world. Our health insurance is DIY. They send you home with a little rubber tube. (laughs) They say, go to work, get a hand mirror. Okay. I had no, but I could feel where it was going in and it was not where I thought it was. And it was not because I thought, well, I I don't know if I thought it was somewhere else or I just had never thought about it. Uh But it's like I could not look at a paper and pen diagram and make the connection between that and my body kind of fucked up i you're staring off into space now i told you it was embarrassing no i isn't that weird it's like it's not I, embarrassing it's i just totally I, I understandable like i just never thought about it because it didn't i don't know it didn't seem important or i mean i got an a in health class okay i have i honestly have my, i'm i'm trying to picture where it is myself so i know i know where it is but where it's above it's your between, testicles it's, it's between your butt <laughs> and well wasn't that fun thank you so much for joining us and we ask that you do stay tuned for part two and three coming up you're gonna learn about how the whole world has herpes that's fun 
and a little story about when the Duffy twins were smut peddlers. That's true. And you're going to have to suffer through one million or so more jokes about weenies and butts and testicles and listen to those two girls laugh their asses off you'd never believe that they're about to turn 45 years old it's uh, thanks for listening <laughs>